Welcome to LOI Central. Just millimeters past the touchline and coming into your living room, it's Dan and Johnny. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of LOI Central. On today's show we have Dara Doyle after Longford Town finally broke their famine, beaten Dundalk. What a win uh, on Saturday night in the League of Ireland and minute player manager Kieran Kilduff ahead of the Cup quarterfinals. Great to have him back uh, talking a bit of League of Ireland and talking about uh, the Cup quarterfinals that are coming up this weekend. So it's quite an up weekend for a lot of clubs but not for the eight remaining in the Cup. And we had some very uh, interesting things to talk about in the League of Ireland this weekend. Some of them refereeing related yet again. It is in association with few FutureTicketing.ie. We're on SoundCloud, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts. And thanks to Oliver Marketing, we're out here in Glasnevin uh, enjoying being back in a little studio again with beautiful sounds. The clarity of me and Dan's voice in Oliver Marketing. Clarity, yeah. Beautiful clarity. And, uh, a bit of tension in the ranks because I, I was just slating your tardiness there. You ro- rocked in a bit late, you'd lost your keys. We've had, a, we've had a tense morning here, to be honest. The two lads are outside having a coffee, uh, delayed by my tardiness, and hopefully they will uh, be happy enough to join shortly and we'll be giving away a four-star pizza later on dan have you come up with a question i do of yeah. course it's it's, it's kieran called off related is so, it yeah great to have the big man back it is yeah well just do it now let's just mix it up and do the question now why not why not we'll just do it early in the show so the question is um kieran Duff was a member of the shamrock rovers europa league squad in 2011 and the Dundalk Europa League squad of 2016. Probably better known for 2016, but he did win the penalty in 2011 that got Shamrock Rovers mm. uh, through. Uh, name the two other players who played in both of those campaigns. I mean, it should be a straightforward question. The answer isn't Sean Gannon, by the way, because he didn't play in 2011. He was at Shamrock Rovers, but the other two players who played in both of those two um, Europa League campaigns. So what's, there we go. What's going on with you? What's going on with me? I don't know. I mean, uh, this is, what is going on? What is going on? Where was I on Friday? I was at Shamrock Rovers in Waterford on Friday. You mentioned it's a quiet weekend, but Shamrock Rovers did play Sligo Rovers mm. Saturday as well. So there is one league fixture. This we're weekend. recording this Monday as well. We have a couple of early we're, games. We're, this we're week. recording it early for a couple of reasons, but yeah, um, yeah. We, we like I was at Shamrock Rovers Waterford on Friday. Mark Bircham not too happy with the the refereeing um, situation. Um, I came home. Uh, and I saw that Drada and Bowes had been involved in a game where people weren't too happy about the refereeing situation. Uh, Derry Finn Harps, maybe not as much, but there was a couple of red cards, but uh, uh, there was a bit of a scrap. It doesn't seem like maybe as contested as maybe some of the some of the other ones. And what was the other game on oh, Friday? Long, Longford and Saturday. No, 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 no. The, other game, the, other, the other game on Friday. Come on, we're, we're forgetting another game on Pats Friday. Pats Sligo. Sligo and Pats, where the, the, I, I went home and watched a bit of that and penalty to put Sligo Rovers ahead wasn't a penalty um, and there was a foul before their second goal now they should have got a penalty I think at another mm. stage in the first half when an offside um, was given but it was you know, again not great and then on Saturday yeah when you have Longford we'll, we'll talk to Dara Doyle um, but we have Longford we're just going to talk about referees today, Dundalk. <laughs> I know it just feels like we're going that way I mean Derek Tommy I'm assuming you've seen the footage of him sort of ushering With Han. Han, ushering Han away what do you make like, of that? Uh, not great, really, is it? I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of like. Would he um, do that to a big burly Irish defender? Would he? Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on that. Um, maybe he would. Like, maybe he would. Shouldn't it, be doing to anyone. But it, but it was the case of it was just like a sort of an overzealous bouncer, you know, policing a teenage. Had some of them in our times. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been ushered out a few places, but um, but but like, and not ushered ushered back in a couple of minutes later. To be fair, but uh, when they realised who they kicked out. But um, yeah, I, listen, I mean, I mean, unbelievable stuff. I mean, I mean the fact that Dundalk lost on, on Saturday as well. I mean, 
it's sort of like how bad can can things go it turns out they can go really bad and and they are in a bizarre situation we'll obviously speak to Dara probably with the bright side of that equation um with Longford Town winning how much but do you blame dog, the players there though because you can't just turn it on in Europe be way above punching above your waist and then be rubbish in the league it doesn't add up no and listen they've had really bad luck with injuries but mm. I think there's obviously a lot of concerns he would have like you know the players don't seem to be responding to management either and that was the concern when the decision was made to bring you know to bring the manager back in and the question is was it just in Europe they were performing for themselves and um, there was a few issues with bonuses during Europe I think that's going around the place the few tensions there um i think related to uh bonus amounts and and do you get bonus amounts before or after expenses are taken out um, and i think that was a source of contention which isn't great but then there's a lot going on behind the uh the scenes at the club players don't know where they're going with their contracts but that doesn't give them a pass for like really really bad performances but like you know it's just it's just it's just just seems to be a weird culture i see people commenting uh, you know i don't know how i feel about this i mean i saw vinnie perth was on off the ball yesterday on i thought Sunday, that was a bit strange talking actually. about liverpool and leeds mm. now i would say in his defense on that one it's probably a booking that was done in advance um and by all accounts i think his situation at the dock is like not a you know, very secure one. Mm. So, I mean, someone has to, you have to sort of work on this and we, we both appear in off the ball regularly. After but, a bad Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, yeah, well, they actually, they, they tend to be the forerunner to them. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I suppose it is one of those things if you talk about optics and, and you know, what Dundalk, again, are supposed to represent in the country and, and being this team that sort of sets the standard and then, you know, the day after they've had their worst loss in years, the managers out there doing something it does, doesn't look great but i i guess there was probably a commitment there um but it's the type of thing that it it just the whole thing is not is not good um um the dynamic doesn't look great um it doesn't look a particularly happy camp and i think there's a lot more of a unified look around some of the other teams that are down there um and it may well be that um a lot of fears people would have had um are, are coming are coming to fruition now but i mean it just doesn't like you still like you can be harsh about that and and and, and try and find excuses for people and there's no doubt if if players don't really know where their future stands like they're going to be distracted but also you can flip it and go they want to get contracts somewhere next year mm. um and the european performances alone i listen to be honest, I don't know, actually, I'm talking rubbish there. I think all those players would probably get sorted because of their pedigree, and their track mm. record, and they'd probably go, listen, that place was mad for the year. It might affect them to some degree. But, I think if a dressing you know I mean? room isn't right, though, you will get found out even at this level. Like, you need But they're to not finishing honest. games well. I think mm. the thing with me is that they're not finishing games well. Um, they're losing direction as the game goes on. They started actually very well for 10 minutes in Longford. They started well in Waterford and scored early. But actually, by the end of the games, they're not looking... Um, anywhere near as assured. Now their injury record is is off the charts. Um, but again, I mean their whole medical department has has, has been revamped during the year. Mm. That's no reflection on anyone that's there mm. at the moment, and it's it's not the case. And and you have to be very careful, like in in terms of how you speak about that. But they did have a a really good setup there. And I, you know, for for other reasons, it seems like people left personality clashes. And I'm not talking about America either here. Um, you're talking about more stuff on the ground, which just isn't isn't great. Um, and I think to be fair to Vinny, I think a lot of that stuff had happened before he he'd come into the club. Um, 
and obviously since then yeah like there's one or two appointments you're looking at going right you know, what, where, what's going on here you know um, seven wins from 25 games yeah and how many points since Chris Shields left I wonder mm. as well which was the decision they, they allowed oh, no. so, so, so this week they play um, Sligo tomorrow isn't Sligo it Sligo tomorrow mm. yeah on Tuesday this is the cr- crucial thing we are recording early this week and there are midweek fixtures so that's something we have to bear in mind um, for some people like Finn Harps and, and Bowes is tonight. So speaking of Bowes, like, ninth defeat of the season in yeah, twenty three league games. Yeah, so three nil down at Drogheda. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a bonkers! What a bonkers round of games. Like. No, it was and and very erratic stuff from them. And, and listen, who knows? By the time that we're out, you know they might have won up in Donegal or whatever. So that's the one thing we have to bear in mind. But um, yeah, it's it's been a sort of it's it's been the, the table is sort of a bit crazy. You know, Rovers winning just st- steadies things for them a small bit. And, you know, with Pats losing, as you suggested, might happen last week. Uh, it does look like the title is probably the one that will be wrapped up reasonably early, I still believe. Um, Pats throw over the next weekend. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, there's still, a, there's still a, a, a level of doubt there. But you just think Rovers, to get their show back, and they'll pick up enough points. But everything else... You know, besides the Longford situation, everything. And Dara, we'll be telling Dara they're back in the race. We'll Telling Dara they're back in the race, but yeah. we'll, we shall see. Where were you on Friday? Were you at a game? Uh, no, I was in the way to Cork. Oh yeah, so you I were. watched um, watched the game on the box basically. As best You're I off thought. cycling in Cork. I yeah, Barra Peninsula cycle. You have a tremendous life. Um, well, I mean, is cycling 160k uphills a tremendous life. Well, you mean Maybe you chose to do it? Was it a job? Um, nah, it was. No, it was clearly enjoyable. a recreation. Who did you go down with? Um. Met Brian Murphy, actually, Cork City fan down there, and he couldn't go on the cycle, and that was the whole plan. So his mate and, and me went along, even though we'd never met before, and then I met my club mates from Clane there. So we uh, we finished off just in time for the, the All-Ireland, actually. It's a great uh, life you have. Good life. Back right. back yesterday for Off the Ball. Uh, reviewed the papers, and there was hardly anything about Stephen Kenny, which was interesting. Yeah. There was right. literally very little about Ireland uh, in the paper at I all. Think, I think everyone's just... Fatigued. Everyone's had their say, I think. And well, they haven't, because here's Kieran Kildoff <laughs> and Dara Doyle. But uh, yeah, we'll get to the lads. We will. Gentlemen, sorry for keeping you waiting. It's no problem. Yeah. Uh, don't sound like you're that unhappy about it. <laughs> or happy about it. Uh, congratulations to both of you. First of all, I think you, Dara, it must have been unbelievable to get a win at the weekend. I know it's it's been uh, so many draws for Longford, so many competitive defeats, but beat Dundalk, I mean, I'd love to know what the budget difference was there between Longford and Dundalk. Yeah, obviously, it's it's <laughs> massive, you can, you can only imagine. And um, Yeah, listen, budgets are budgets, they are what they are. We knew what we had at the start of the season, and we had to work with what we had, and we brought in as competitive a group as we felt we could. Uh, we, we probably weren't in a position where... We could go after a lot of experienced players with what we had, so we, we had to sort of go a different route in, in bringing young, hungry players, a couple of players that have been let go from Premier sides. Or, you know, we had to take a look at Aaron Robinson from Leinster Senior League at Bluebell to bring into the group. Uh, one important thing with all the, probably the players we signed was the characteristics of the actual person and, and what they would bring to our group as well as obviously from the football side. And we brought some really great characters into our group. Um, it has been a testing season. There's no doubt about that. You know, we obviously had that win at the start of the season, and um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, we've played 30 games now in total, and I can count on one hand how many games we probably I can say we probably didn't deserve to get out from that game. But there's 25 games that we genuinely could have got a win or a draw from that game. We've got a lot of draws. That was our second win against Dundalk at the weekend, and 
Is am I really happy with that? I'm, I'm not just in here today, obviously, because we got the win at the weekend. Because yeah, I just said it, his, it looks a bit. It in looks his a bit defense, dubious, he was yeah. he was nearly going to be on last week, so yeah. it's not like yeah. I've asked Aaron <laughs> a few times. In fairness, it's always um, been a legitimate excuse. Why didn't you sign Kieran Kilduff though? You would have been sorted this season. Well, uh, like I say, we, we we had a chat before we came in here today, and it's too actually, late now. No, but there, there was there was a conversation back That's in. Mad. Um, I, I did not know that. Yeah, no, there was because we were looking at the types of. You know, again, personalities, yeah, and people to bring in that could help us. And <laughs> listen, it's it's well known that the couple of injuries he's had at the latter end of his of his career there, and um, we still felt maybe there was a possibility of bringing someone of his caliber into the group for how helpful they would be. But it was something that we weren't able to get done. Um, and we left with the group obviously that we had, which you know we're happy with ex- all the players that we have, and they've given our club everything this year. They really have. There's there's not been a game that they haven't turned up and, and given everything they have and. You can't really ask for more than that. What, what was your take on the, the game on Saturday? Generally, I was reading Vinny's comments after. It said Longford had 1.5 shots in the game yeah. in 90 minutes. A few issues around the pitch or whatever. But what was your take on it? Yeah, uh, no, listen, we, we've, we had a lot more shots than 1.5. Um, you know what I mean? We had, we had, a, we had a number of chances. Uh, we could have scored again. Callum Orfield could have scored on the break late in the game. Obviously, it's a game that we will probably talk about things other than players that happened on the night which which left us with with two players short on the night which which made it more difficult for the last 35 minutes of the game um in the first half i think um dundalk had two pretty good chances in the first 10 minutes um i think they i heard something that they may be in four up which you know it's, it's miles off the mark they had a chance with standing at the back post where he should have probably hit the target with a volley and then they had another cross come into the box that hoban got on the end of but it's probably a little high for him in the air and he heads it over the bar he's probably talking about another chance that from across from their left side that uh, Hoban heads just wide of the post, but it's actually offside. Um, so they were the only real chances they had early on in the game. After that, um, you could probably see Dundalk, they were very nervy, um, struggled to play out from the back, put themselves under pressure an awful lot, and that was because of how we set up on the night and the problems that we caused them with our setup. And, and we really did cause them problems. We made it really difficult for them. We won the ball back high up the pitch on a number of occasions. And, um, you know, we we score a goal. It's probably probably go down as a goalkeeper mistake for um, mm. in the forty fifth minute. But I don't care. We've we've had enough little things and bits of luck and decisions go against us a lot this year. And um, delighted to go in at one nil up. The second half, we we thought that again that we definitely be able to catch them on the break. That they'd be they'd be coming after us. Obviously, feeling they'd have to get a result and um, that they'd leave themselves open. But the way the game went in, ten to fifteen minutes into the second half, where a player down through a poor decision, in my opinion. Um, Who was your first red? First red was Aaron Robinson. Mm. It was a two yellow cards. So the first yellow, hundred percent yellow card, uh, takes a player down in the middle of the park. It's a yellow card. The second one was a throw in from probably their right back in the middle of the pitch, and it's thrown in to um, I think it was Patching, and Robinson comes in, gets a touch on the ball, and this is five yards from us. Hits his foot first, then hits Patching's foot, and then goes out for a throw. But as they're both competing, and obviously we win the ball first. Patching then kicks the bottom of Robinson's boot after Robinson kicks it onto his foot and goes out for a throw. And if you look at the video, you'll see me going, air throw. And I'm pointing that way for that way. And the ref, I was blowing his whistle because obviously Patching screamed when it happened. He's gone down and the ref's just blown his whistle for a free kick. And the fourth official who's right beside us and can see what we can see is screaming, yep, another yellow, another yellow. And he gives him the yellow and he's sent off. And it, it, wasn't, even it, was, it wasn't even a free kick. It should have been actually air throw. Um, so mm. it leaves us in that position where we're down to 10 men and it does make things more difficult and you know you have to alter your shape and um, get more bodies behind the ball and, and make it difficult for them to play through you and, and we did that and you know they didn't really have many chances at all till the end of the game they had I think a header from 
one of the lads. He had a chance from Boyle from that free kick when the player got sent off that went into the box that landed with Boyle and hit the post and just landed back in, in Lee's arms. And again, another bit of luck that went their way. The break you needed. Yeah, and then like you had the Rob Mandy sending off as well, which was a, you know, a, a controversial one, shall yeah. we say. Um, yeah. And in fairness, the hand sending off was... There should be 22 players yeah. finishing on that pitch and you know we should be talking about the players on the pitch because they're what's important. The players on the pitch and the supporters that are in the ground, you know, everything else, we shouldn't be talking about that. Um, and unfortunately, we're talking about it far, far too much. And I mean, we can't all be mad. We can't all be wrong. All of us managers coming out with stuff like this and, you know, it doesn't help. You know, we go into a game now in a couple of weeks against Derry now where we're going to be two players down and two very big players down. And it's really a disappointment because the lamb lads don't deserve that. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's the position that we're in. I, like, I don't want to dwell on this too much because mm. we're having a lot of referees chat mm. around the league. But I, at the same time, you know, I, I was at Rovers Waterford on Friday. Mark Bertram was going off about referees after. We had the Tim Clancy one the week before. Because not just one, uh, it's not just one manager, say, on a crusade or something. It's more of a collective thing at the moment. Like, what what needs to be done from here? What, what, rather than talking about what's gone wrong, like what what would you like to see happen? Um, because it does appear like we've reached a point where this is just becoming a massive talking point far too often. Yeah, no, I think you know we'll all get criticised in in our jobs, particularly management and players, if we don't perform or if we make mistakes. And I don't know if they're just held to the same levels of of criticism in the performance. And and that's not criticism. That's criticism of being critical of their game what's good, what's bad, what can we do better? And there's too many things that, you know, are falling, unfortunately, on that bad side. Now, what can we do? I think the first time that I've ever heard was, was two years ago, we had the launch of the league at Abbottstown. And that was the very first time ever that there was actually dialogue between the officials and the managers in a room for about an hour. And I don't think the, the refs on that occasion could believe some of the things that we were saying. Um, back then, obviously, reports went in from the referees and officials as to what happened after games or incidents when someone got sent off. And that day was the first day that the actual officials realised that managers and staff had access to the actual reports that were sent into the FAI. They didn't know that. So we were looking at reports. And a couple of years ago, I got sent off at Shelburne when I was the assistant for... Um, for I got sent off for something I didn't say. Mm. I know what I did say, and people heard me say that, but the report goes in and it says something completely different. And we've had an incident again this year in Drogheda earlier on in the season where myself and John Martin get sent off for ineptitude on the official side, totally, and incorrect statements that go in. Now, you can call that whatever you want, but incorrect statements went into the wording and actually what was said by both of us. And listen, I'm annoyed that I have to speak about things like these, but it happens, it goes on. I understand the frustration of managers because, it's, listen, we all want to really enjoy our football and we don't want to be talking about issues like this that, you know, they bring a negative side to our game and we don't need that. We need mm. we need positivity around our our league, our club. And, you know, it's about, like I said, it's about the players on the pitch and it's about the supporters out there because they're the most important things. Yeah, and we have to say this and we don't have a referees representative here and, and um, you know, they, 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 they don't actually necessarily have a voice that will come out and represent them publicly in the media which is possibly an issue that exists mm. sometimes as well and it does appear though a lot comes comes back to this appeals process and the communication of um the 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 the, the report that stands is final and and when you're talking about managers on about gopros and and video recording and stuff it's just it's not a healthy relationship there's no trust or understanding there and that that to me seems to be the the breakdown yeah you know? no I, I think it is and 
you know, listen, they've all, it's a difficult job. There's no doubt about that. They, and no one goes out there to make mistakes or to make controversial decisions in a match. Well, I'm, I'm sure they don't, but um, it's happened all too frequently. Um, how, how can it be helped? I do think that um, fourth officials probably do too much at times. And I think their job is to help the referee with little bits. And, you know, but they're, they're getting involved in, in too much on the sideline. They're having arguments with referees. Sorry, not with referees, with managers, with coaches. They're trying to tell them how they should coach and manage. Had, They're trying to stop them from that, talking. Has that and been I, a new thing? Or like that's no, no that, that's been there. They, at least I've been involved in, in on the management side of things. I was player coach at Cabin Tealy in 2017, but played. So I wasn't on the bench. But since 2018, it's been an issue since I've been involved on the management side of the game. They're trying to tell you how to manage nearly. Yeah, they're trying to stop you from talking. And, and then you can obviously, something will happen on the pitch and you may shout for something. And, and that happens and you shout for something on the pitch and, and they'll, they'll, they'll tell you to stop shouting. And you're like, well, I'm not shouting, I'm talking to the ref. Well, you're shouting. That's because I'm 50 yards away from him and he's on the pitch. If I talk to him, if I talk, he won't hear me. So mm. there's little things and, you know, we're passionate people about football and managers on the sideline. And that's, you know, when you manage there, there's, there's incidences in the game that you want to go your way. Of course there is. What do they expect us all to be mutes on the sideline? No. Oh. Did you find this, Kieran? Actually, because since Tim Clancy gave that interview with LMFM, obviously there's, I think, um, a lot of people would respect Aaron now for saying what he said today on the basis that a lot of managers, wisely or otherwise, haven't really said anything publicly to back up Tim Clancy. But there are clearly a lot of personality clashes going on in the league, and a lot of it isn't actually necessarily to do with decision making. No, like um, I think Dara said it. They can't all be wrong. Do you know what I mean? That's the underlying thing here that's probably it's been getting a bit of a snowball effect now that people are beginning to row in behind people people are beginning to understand that okay there's obviously something going on here that's disgruntling so many people on the sideline and at the end of the day we shouldn't be talking about it mm-hmm. i mean we should be talking about the football on exactly. the pitch that's how the sport will improve here in the country and that's what we want but it's obviously an issue and it's obviously an issue that needs to be fixed uh, sooner rather than later because it can't drag on and it is every game you go to there's usually one you know we had it even at shells you know the refs don't want to be criticized whether and then you're saying mm. you can't even talk to them after like mm. you're saying talk to them at half time but you're trying to approach them at half time to tell you to go away and i'm new to the management role so i'm probably not experienced enough to even comment on it i i haven't experienced it firsthand but i know it's been going on and probably a lot longer than you're even saying mm. in 2018 as a player you know we've often come into dressing rooms disappointed at shells or, or even at dundalk back in the day and you know you'd have your personal opinion of what the referee was like on the night but you couldn't voice it or you'd be you know prosecuted for saying whatever you felt was the truth and you can't actually there's no real accountability then for them because you know it's just you get on with it move on forget mm-hmm. about it and that seems to just yeah, that's probably the issue at the minute yeah well, Gra- graham comes in article examiner and fairness he defended the referees and said like you know if they do make mistakes they can get punished they you know they, they might they may not do a certain game but just from my from my perspective looking in if you look at paul mclaughlin didn't have a good night for Sligo and Pats. But these were decisions that, like, you could see how he got them wrong because they were, like, it, the replay showed it a lot more clear, I think, than, like, little kind of touches that were fouls but weren't immediately apparent. I'm not sure referees, like, I'm not sure managers have a massive problem with that. It's more like the way they're treated. I mean, sent to the, sent to the stands time and time again for really minor infractions. Like, I mean, treated like children in some respects. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And uh, I don't know, I think a lot of the officials in the league are probably teachers and, and guards. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know whether that's anything that we how, how Karen, this, how this teacher. To <laughs> I'm not a guard either. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, but I don't know what, what there is and what, what can we do to improve because it definitely does need to improve. Like you say, the, 
because if that if there's less issues there we can't talk about the, the proper stuff and that's what we need yeah. to talk about let's be fair but um no it's, it's something that you know definitely needs to improve and get better because i'm fed up yeah so much of it just seems to be communication i think that's the problem i think you speak to managers and players and they actually now you're, you're still going to be annoyed but if a if a referee hooks you in the tunnel and says listen i got that one wrong mm. you're not going to you're not going to go oh well that's you know great but i think you probably appreciate the degree of interaction yeah, we, that you we, have i've had that this year like we played shamrock rovers earlier on in the season and um we had a penalty after 10 minutes where uh, pico lopez takes down Aaron dobbs no attempt to get the ball and we get a penalty but he only gets a yellow card. The rules are quite clear. There's no attempt to win the ball. It's a red card. And the refs apologise to us at halftime. Well, got that wrong. Sorry Fair play, that. yeah. Yeah, so there, there are refs out there that, that will speak to you. And, and, and that has happened. And let's not tire them all yeah. with that brush. Because and then the same in any, I suppose, um, line of work. You know, everyone has their people that are at the high level and middles or whatever. It's just yeah. it's the nature of life. You could do it looking at the Leinster Senior League referees. Now, there's... There's a case study for you as well. <laughs> uh, okay, do we, do we, I'm not sure do we no, want to go there. we won't go down that one yet. But I suppose a wider point is we have to encourage people to referee and I'm not sure I'd like to do it. I'm not sure any of us would like to do it. You see, this is the other thing. Like, you know, in recent times we've had instances of referees like in lower, at lower level like getting attacked and all mm. and you always have to try and um, sell it to people and yeah. go down the road. But it, 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 there's, there's, there's a balancing act between that and yeah. the... The assessing uh, process seems to be something that's quite contentious as well, too, and that they have to sort of like, mm. and they sort of operate as a bit of an island as well. This is the other thing that exactly. that that you might talk to people like you might even see people from the FAI who could be critical enough for the referees, but they don't necessarily have the the authority to mm. sort of necessarily go in and start sort. You need to do things better. Yeah. Um, it probably starts yeah. at you know everyone starts somewhere and the majority of them will start at schoolboy level at younger ages when they go into refing and the best ones should be identified from schoolboy level i mean i coached while, while i was finishing my career the last 10 years i was coaching a schoolboy team from under eights to under 17s and i've seen the difficulties that officials have at that age and there's a lot of issues now my whole thing for true when i did the schoolboy football it was all about the kids everything is about the kids and the enjoyment of them at football and i was never one in schoolboy football that would ever have a pop at a referee ever regardless of what they make mistakes because that's the learning board for everybody from for kids for referees yeah. for parents on the sideline that's the learning board now i had a team i pulled the parents in before every season to tell them what they could say and and, and things on the sideline as regard don't be giving out don't tell kids what to do encouragement only that's it and then parents can probably watch games now later in life and watch football and enjoy it on the opposite sidelines i'd see parents acting like lunatics and they're probably some of the people in League of Ireland grounds acting like lunatics. So it's all about development and, and, and doing it from an early age. And it's the exact same with players as it is with referees. And the best referees need to be encouraged from early in their career as a referee that they may be identified as going the right way. I'm not sure if there is now a department where they, where they do that. I know there was a number of years ago. Whether that's still there, I don't know. But, you know, they should be looking at getting it. Because you mentioned the shortage that's there. And we can't play football without officials. So mm. it's a big issue. And it's something that definitely needs to be looked at from the bottom up. And where we all start. Yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll solve that problem. We'll, we'll try and move on. Yeah. I mean, so, Kieran Kilduff, then. You're now preparing for a FEI Cup quarterfinal later this week against Bowes. Um, and you're In really you're, bad you're, form at the moment, Bowes. Yeah, and you're adjusting to the sort of management side of things. I mean, just, just tell us generally, like what got you to go down that road and how much are you enjoying it? Yeah. So obviously this time last year I was playing with shells and that was what I was planning on doing. And obviously the season ended 
pretty poorly for shells and i'd made my decision probably a couple of weeks prior to obviously we got relegated in the end and we had a bad result in Athlone in the FAI cup and i was probably people were probably saying to me it's the worst time to retire you can't finish like that but it was actually perfect for me it was i just it was like that's exactly why i'm retired do you know what i mean when you when you get to that age and i said it outside the dar i mean like you know the money gets less and the work feels more kind of thing mm. and it was just the right time for me so i i was happy to um to, to to finish that side of my career and then I'd done my my B license and stuff like that and it was something that I was doing locally but not at a big level and then Shane Hart had rang me from from Minute and um, he'd asked me to come over to play and again I was like well listen no disrespect but I'm not going to be playing at all you know what I mean if I was gonna I would have probably tried another year or two no disrespect to Minute, but thanks yeah. but no thanks and then the coaching opportunity arrived and and to be going as assistant manager with him and 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 work with him and he's brilliant and he'd um he'd Gavin Kinsler there as well a great coach and I went in and and I loved it straight away I took to it well and I know it sounds silly but I had enough context in the game that if there was anything I didn't know I knew who'd ask do you know what I mean I'd, I'd I'm fresh out of the league so I I was used to playing it you who know did you ask a few friends of yours and a few of you you know i know but look at I, I knew i was after playing with stevie o'donnell who'd mm. gone into management i had tim now i not that i ever overly picked their brains but like i was even saying i was lucky enough to go to the dundalk for test arnhem game and i watched 60 minutes of it with stephen kenny do you know what i mean and you're you know it's it's great to just be your, to just know. to like talking about the game as it was going I don't on even listen we didn't plan, i was there with my friend fergal and we were we were at the match and he he'd Fergal was the physio at Dundalk right, and he yeah. came over oh, yeah, to us. Current, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he came over and he sat down <laughs> with us and we watched the Dundalk game and it was it was brilliant and 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 you know not that there was any we weren't you know nothing major happened that like that. we were chatting about the game and it's just great having people who are you know so involved in the game that you could probably if you needed to pick their brains do you know what i mean he didn't sub you out for the last 30 minutes and bring dave mcmillan he into probably would have if he could like have yeah. <laughs> no no bring no, it back to memories no no that was good i met gary rogers up there it was a trip down memory lane i hadn't seen Stephen in such a long time as well that it was good to to catch up and you know it'd be a great bit of his time but as i was saying there's a yeah, lot sorry, of sorry go on yeah so there's loads of people around the league that i was um that I knew, you know, if I needed advice on something or systems I needed to play, or if it was people I could ask. So I was lucky in that department. So I was in anyway, and I hit the ground with Minute, and I and I love it, and I'm lucky to be there. We've a, we've a great bunch of lads, and to be fair, not that I'm here. Well, I am here for that reason, but it it it, it was a huge achievement for us to get where we've got the the the, the last eight of the FA Cup. Where, where you're it doesn't happen from. anymore. It doesn't, and what you have to deal with. We were out there talking like. like just, we don't have the headaches of budgets or anything like that. You know, no, yeah. no one gets paid. The lads work all week. Um, it was like we we beat Cove, which was a huge result, and it it was such a big achievement for us. Although they were probably one of the teams you wanted in League of Ireland football, take nothing away from the achievement of actually beating them. Because what we have to deal with their day to day and lads, you know, holidays and and work, and they're entitled to do that. But we're trying to compete then, you know, at a high enough level. And now we're going to Daly Mount Park to play in the quarterfinal of the FAI Cup. It's, it's brilliant to be part of it. And for me, it's a, it's a dream start because you realise now I get to stand in the, on the dugout in Daly Mount, which was something you know, that I wasn't going to automatically walk into after my playing career ended. So it, it's a huge achievement for the lads. And like we've, we've some good players not in the Dara before we come in. We had enough time to chat waiting for Johnny to get here. But we, <laughs> it's actually working because you obviously do the, you sounded each other out in terms of Yeah, yeah we got, we've said all this before. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but we're like, we, I, I had some good players there as well. Like we look, Killian Duffy did his ACL against Cove and like it's different doing your, probably different getting an injury when you're 
with a team like Minute. It's, they'll do everything, the club will support them and everything that they can do. But like, mm. it's not like you're sitting there getting your week's wages and you've the best of you're the best of medical team there and you can go wherever you want. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We, we we have to deal with what we have and, and Killian will come back stronger for it and a talented player and a big loss for us. Do you know what I mean? So we've stuff like that going on all the time that, you know, it, it's very hard, but I can't lie to you. I mean, it's it's like Christmas week up there this week. The lads, ah, I can't yeah. wait for the and, experience. And, that's a, and so what's the structure down at the club? Because Barry Prenderville obviously is a big role to play. Like what's the dynamic between the various people? Because it was Shane who brought you in. So yeah. what, what, does it work then? So Shane is the manager. I'm the assistant manager. And Gav is the coach. And Barry would look after every, Barry Prenderville has done so much for the college and the team over the years. He, he was, used to manage the team <coughs> and what else. And he he's recruited so many of those players in. And he's done an amazing job. And he's been there for years. Is and, he a local fella then? Or? But Barry's just, he's working with the college. Barry obviously mm. played in the league for years mm. as well and had a great career. But, but, but Barry's... Um, literally like he's recruiting players and he's all, he, he'd give us any, any help we need and we're, we're lucky we have a great board there and it's a great bunch of people to be fair yeah, to be working with it helps it really does and it, to be fair it's it's more of a it's more of a feel-good story i suppose than anything do you know what i mean this is more no disrespect to any league of Ireland things because i'm you know you know i don't bite the hand that feeds me but this is a pure side of football it's literally lads playing because they love the sport there's no <laughs> there's no distraction there's nothing you know, other than the lads can't believe they get to play in daily mount. And it's it, it, listen, we're not going up there to make the numbers. Don't make it out like that. Like we we will have a game plan and we'll be ready for the game and all those things. But I can't lie, like the lads, you know, when they got the draw, they knew what an achievement it was. And it's it's kind of probably reminded me then maybe how lucky I was because there are things that I might have taken for granted. Yeah, but then when yeah. you drop down a level or two, you, you realize, wow, you know, there's a huge. We're representing all non-league teams now. That's the way we're looking at it. We're representing the the Leinster Senior League, and there's a lot of good players and a lot of good people involved in that. And we're just hoping we can represent them well. There, there was yeah. there was a suggestion that Minute were like even looking at when the expressions of interest for the first division come out. They weren't sort of ruling it out. Like there is maybe some ambitions there down the road potentially. Yeah, is that, is that a possibility? <laughs> no, that's a hundred percent a possibility, and that's hopefully the plan. Minute have managed to compete. The last couple of years, they've got. I think they played Cork um, a couple of years ago in the FAI Cup. Then they played Waterford. Um, obviously, lost both games, but they're trying to consistently get back to a level to show. Listen, you know, can we be considered? Do you know what I mean? I think they should be. Kildare is a huge population and it's so mm-hmm. close to Dublin. They're not have a represent. I know the Kildare County probably uh, project failed back in the day, but there was a lot of things done wrong as well back then. I I played for Kildare yeah. County and probably as it was on its way out, if you know what I mean. Um, I was young, breaking in, but. There's a there's a huge appetite for football. The Romoba Medelli at the moment, Travers. Yeah, huge. And, and, and like even there's always been players from Kildare, myself and Feely. We're all League of Ireland players. Mm-hmm. Like there was people from around the area who you'd love. Not saying your whole career you'd spend there, but you'd love the opportunity to have played within your county if that was possible. And I'm, I spoke to Gary Shaw's dad about that. Sandy, who's the head jumps handicapper, and he would have been a good footballer, but he never had that chance to play. He would have played for local teams in Kildare, but yeah, he, 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 from his perspective, it's definitely something that people could look into and would support eventually. Like. And I think Kildare people are proud of that. You know, mm. they'd all row in behind it, myself included. And I'm not going to lie to you, before I took the job with Shane, like it was, uh, we, he had pitched it to me and Barry Prendival had said, well, this is something we could think of in the next two, three years. They're on about a third tier. They're on about a conveyor belt. And mm. Absolutely, we want to be considered mm. to be. And I think getting to a quarter final of the FA Cup will keep us on the map. It's it's good publicity. We're here talking about Minute today. Do you know what I mean? Which is something, if we weren't in the quarter final of the Cup, we wouldn't be talking about it. So it's good to keep us there. And absolutely, there's a plan um, if the opportunity arrives. Because, I mean, I suppose people would say, I know they weren't actually playing for Minute, but... Even like Jamie McGrath, Sean Hoare, there was that sort of pathway there. I know there was a relationship there, but if you have a 
a university relationship, there's an obvious way that can work, right? I mean, yeah, we see it. Yeah, I mean, you know, UCD were a, a university team. I was played with them back in the day, and that always has been there. And there's been a conveyor belt of players supplying the mm. league. It, it it tends to work well if you look at that one, that case study. But if you look at Minute. The amount of top quality players, you just named two of them there that have gone through. I was in minute studying. No, I didn't play for the college. I was just studying. I, I got my points and I went there. Yeah, 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 I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like uh, it was literally, I went that route and um, I was in minute college. So there's been a huge um, amount of talented players who came through minute. And that's again down to Barry Prendival's recruitment and the players that are supplied. But the problem is you get them in for so long and then there's nowhere for them to go eventually. They yeah. just they just drift off. And even for young people playing in the in the county up to 17, 18, 90, eventually it just stops. There's no there's nothing to aspire to within the county. It's like okay now you can go ten miles down the road and play for six teams in Dublin. You know, twenty miles down the road mm. and there's six of them available there. And we're literally going, well, why can't we just, you know, keep it within our border and have an option there for people and i think it'll do a lot for the sport within the county i mean dara what do you mean the, the idea of a third tier and expansion i know you have links with yep. swords say you would have coached teams there yeah but there are parts of the country and, and we were even we're very sort of dublin sort of yep. you know east coast focused but you look at mayo and parts of the country Kerry don't have a team like what about the idea of expansion there do yeah, you think no, there's untapped potential yeah 100 percent, and it's it's something that we we need to look at as a country um a sort of to get a sort of pyramid system if there was two below. Um, I mean, you've mentioned a number of things there. The minute thing, why can't they not be exactly like UCD and, and emu- try to emulate something that they do there? And he talks about, you know, if, if, if lads can have four years there and then move on, look at the players that have moved on from UCD and how greatly they've benefited League of Ireland football. Good facilities as well too, training facilities, which yeah. is no, massive. Better than most League of Ireland. You, yeah. you mentioned Kerry, um, you mentioned, obviously I have a lot of family in Carlow. I mean, the facilities down there in Carlow are top-notch. Yeah, you know the IT, I mean? like, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Carlow has a hunger, I think, for football as well. So there's a number of places all over the, the country that these things can happen. And it can only benefit football in the country if we have more clubs, if, if we improve standards, and, and if people see an actual pathway. And if there was two leagues, you might get to a stage there where you have the, the amateur teams in the leagues below, like in, in England with the, with the pyramid system, which I suppose, like from you have level step one to step 11 mm. or whatever over there the teams can get promoted to the conference north the conference south to the conference and then they come into the football league and why can't we not look to build a business and an industry over here that supports football and makes it something that's a realistic i suppose means of employment but at the minute we probably have five or six teams that are properly full-time in the whole country yeah you know and and to improve how do you fund it though then you know like say longford is a tiny town um, and yeah. and it's uh, with the, obviously the help that you've had from Phil Munley and everyone that's been involved there, it's hard without that backing to, um, and without government backing for academies and so, so forth, it's very hard to fund it, pay wages. You say it is, but I mean, there's millions and millions goes into greyhounds and horse racing every year. We're talking about people. Invest in people. Simple. Yeah. Invest in people and your country and your football and everything will benefit from it. There is money there, so let's not make excuses that there isn't. There's money that goes on lots of things, and don't get me wrong, there's loads of sports and loads of things that need, I suppose, extra money to make things better. But Where does it go, it, though? I think people need to sit down around the table and discuss them exact points of where it does go and what the future is to bring and the benefits of these things. And there's huge benefits if, if we can create a football industry within this country. There is, and listen, there's a football industry obviously in the UK because they're our nearest neighbours, but they still have issues in the football pyramid in, in England. When you get out to League One, League Two, there's, there's stories you hear, and I've, I have a lot of friends still over there playing, and some of them at that stage, it's like clubs are going out of 
business in England as well. So, you know, there's issues w- with football, but, yeah. you know, we, we do need to improve things here in this country, most definitely. And people need to sit down to see exactly what we can do and how we can make things better. But I do feel that getting an extra league in there and, and, and bringing more clubs into, into the league will, will most definitely benefit the league and give people an option to play football for the locality. And why can't, if, if they do things really well off the pitch, that's going to help on the pitch. If they're doing things well on the pitch, they have a chance of promotion. And if the clubs can continue to build, and listen, it's, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. This is a long-term mm. thing that needs to happen, but I do feel it needs to happen. I think the hard thing is, like, Kieran, as you mentioned, like you, you, you were at the highest level in the country here, and then when you just drop off that a bit and you go to shells and it's maybe not as enjoyable, as you said, the money goes down and all of a sudden a lot of people your age, they all start to drift away. Like there is, it's, a, it's a young league and a big part of the reason it's a young league is that a lot of people get to a certain age and, and unless they're at the top couple of clubs in the country, yeah. it's almost like it's not worth it for them. Yeah, but look, if, like Dara was saying, if you, if you look at the, we only have 20 clubs at any given time, which means there's only 20 managers' jobs, which means there's only the very select few even players in the country who get paid to play football. I think it's probably somewhere between 250 and 300 who are picking up any bit of financial gain from the sport so I don't particularly think if you were use Minute again as an example I don't think there'd be much difference between Minute and the bottom four five six teams in the first division right now even in terms of financial backing like you're, we're not looking for huge money mm. it's like we, we competed against Cove there in, in the last 16 and quality wise there was very little in it I would argue that Minute's facilities are as good as probably what Cove are using I have no mm. idea but like it's a college it's, it's got everything there gyms astro grass pitches like it, it it's actually the blueprint is there to, to, yeah. to do it and there's a couple of them around like you're saying Carlo might have to do with the college yeah. so there is a couple like I said it, does, it doesn't happen overnight but um, yeah look at it, 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 there, when you do drop down you do begin to get a bigger picture I was lucky enough maybe when and to be fair I had a great time at Shells as well I was looking because Shells are actually a sleeping giant of a club like I won the first division with them and I realised how big of a club that is do you yeah. know what I mean and then previous to that I was lucky I was at Dundalk and Rovers and stuff like that so I've always been very likely Shells will go full time by the sounds of if they go up next year you know? should, so it seems like it's going to go that like way Shells yeah. are a brilliant club like if I, if I was to look back you now, I, I, if I had to support any team nearly after my career I'd probably be looking at Shells I just the people around that were great they deserve success I was so good that they went down that year the way we did it was the short season and I think we were a couple of points off Europe and still what happened there by the way that was just mad uh, it was just we. I was there, I think, for eighteen, nineteen months for the two seasons combined, and I'd say for eighteen months of it, it was brilliant. We won a first division. We were going up to Derry with five games to go. With uh, if we won, I think we went into the European spot, and then we just had a bad month where we lost up in Derry. We started going on a bit of a run, and by the end of it, I mean Longford done us then in the playoff, but we we were probably gone by then. So it was just I can't really explain it we just probably just didn't have the characters we needed to get it over the line and and when he when he mentioned Dundalk being nervous there like Dundalk were nervous against Longford Town a team who hadn't won the first well, that's game. the I mean, this I'm is the like, question what, what like how what like and then he starts name name dropping Stanton Hooban patching all these players and yeah. Dan's gone on with injuries that's well and it's good hard. but like this is completely insane they're second last you watched them against Vitesse Arnhem and how can you reconcile well, the that second half against Vitesse Arnhem was one of the best performances I'd seen from a team in Ireland in a long time look at the results since then oh no it's, it's incredible and look it happens <laughs> it even happens on a lower level with us in Minute. I mean we beat Cove and unfortunately then we went down and we played Aiden Derry and lost do you know what I mean and you're kind of going what how what's going on yeah. here like those games kind of take care of themselves a little mm, bit the European mm, nights mm. The, even for maybe the FA Cup game because you know you're always going to be ready for that it's the bread and butter and Dundalk now if 
falling into a little bit of a slump where you're kind of going I think they lost to Waterford at home 3-1 as well was it mm. that was pr- yeah. prior to that yeah so, so yeah. There, there was literally there was a couple of flags going anyway kind of going but they're not exactly flying here and then the performance was brilliant as we said they should have they should have won that game they really should have like the chances at the end was unbelievable and then since then it's just it's been a struggle and it's hard to get out of that struggle when you're in it. Do you know what I mean? And that's probably what I experienced at Shells, tying back to that. It was just, we were we were on the ropes. We just couldn't get over the line. Probably me personally, I was so desperate for the season to end and just have stayed up and go, like, now I could probably just retire. And I was so desperately trying to get to the line and we just couldn't get there. And, and eventually it falls apart for you. And, and that's what happened at Shells. And I'm so happy it looks like they're going to come back up because, as I said, they deserve to be and they... They're, hu- they're a huge club, honestly. You, you don't. I didn't realize it until I played for them. Even mm. the Bowes Rovers derby. I think it was one of the last games before. Uh, sorry, Bowes uh, Shells mm. derby. One of the last games before COVID oh, yeah. hit in up in Dalymount. I remember playing it. And it was like, and we actually played them the year before in the FEI Cup. And Mandrew scored two late. Oh, we lost yeah, three yeah. two. We, but those games, I didn't even know they had that potential. I was used to Rovers Bowes. You know what I mean? Thinking that was a huge fix. But the Shells Bowes one was huge and. Oh, they're a great asset to the league. That those nights were were really special, and and, and to, to be fair, I'm so happy they're coming back up because they deserve it. But the, the holding dog thing, though, I mean, you were there for the highest highs. We, we earlier on before you come on, we had we have a you know a quiz question which was related to the 2016 run, and everything everyone spoke at that time about you know culture. That was one of the big things: the culture of the club and people who come in had to buy into it. And that was part of the thing. Even some players would come in and it might take them a while to get up to it. They'd be better in their second season because they get used mm-hmm. to it. Like from the outside, and I accept you're, you're very much speaking from the outside. How do you think that that culture has been lost somehow? Um, I think you, Dara touched on it at the start, the way he was handpicking people for his club. And I think Stephen Kenny was given time and a license there to handpick the certain individuals to bring in. And what he wanted from them. I think now it's no disrespect to any signings to have. I wouldn't be as familiar with that team. I mean, that 2016 team isn't even f- what, five years ago now that we mm. were in the Europa League. There's a huge overhaul of players there. Like huge. Like half of them have gone to other teams in the league. And the other was in, some have gone to England and some have retired and, and some and are managing. staff managing. as well too as well. It staff was is a big one. Overhaul yeah. there. And yeah. I, I don't know who made all the decisions or whether they were all meant to happen the way they were like I mean even look at Vinny's situation it, it, it is a bit of a mess he, he had the job then they, they took it off and then they gave him the job again and you're literally going like that's not how you would imagine a football club, club to be run successfully do you know what I mean there was never that uncertainty around it or that stuff and our team in 2016 I was so lucky to be part of it but I firmly believe I was there to serve a purpose that Stephen had selected me as an individual and as a player mm-hmm. And I don't think that's happening as much anymore. I think we're... St- what do I know? Do you that, know what I mean? That Dundalk team, when you played against them, were relentless for 90 minutes plus. And yeah. I, you can't say that about this Dundalk team. They're, it's shock and cheese. You, 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 you haven't lost to them this year. You've mm. taken points off them and all we the games. You mentioned the Rovers uh, results. Well, no, well, well, let's <laughs> go, let's go, we'll get back to that in a minute. But, get back to that in a minute. But that's an interesting thing because you're preparing a team yeah. and... You, you clearly went in. You, I know you weren't a manager when you played against the yeah. peak Dundalk team, but you had an expectation. Yeah. So what's in your head now when you're playing Dundalk? You played Dundalk when, when we, I would have played against Dundalk and you knew you were in for a game. You knew you wouldn't have much time on the ball. You knew they'd keep the ball really well. They caused you so much problems. Like They probably only had three good chances the whole game against us the other night and they don't play with that intensity that a Dundalk team used to play with. They, they just don't. It's just not there. And going into the game... 
I was positive, really positive that we could get a result and a, and a win against them. And like, listen, I'm like that every week. I'm a positive enough person in how I deal with things and how I go into things. And I feel I can get something. It's like our next game now is up in Derry. I think we can win the game. And I've taught mm. that every week. But, you know, sometimes playing that Dundalk team years ago, you, you know, I was on the end of, I think, I don't know, some games I played against Dundalk where you'd be hammered. And you'd come off the pitch and go, geez, they just steamrolled us. Mm. And yeah. that's not there. Yeah. The yeah, players aren't there, the characters aren't there. That they and they were big, big players that they've lost. Like like you've mentioned, Kieran, there's some big, big people. And I think the way they drove the team on was the was key. Well it really was. To say as well as that, like obviously they made terrible decisions, I think, in terms of like bringing in an inexperienced manager and the initial place and like they brought in so many different nationalities. But I was yeah. I, I got to thinking about Rory Higgins there last week because obviously the Derry City chairman and the sale of the company, all that was in the news and it's quite clear Rory Higgins is going to get back next season. Yep. That's a challenge as well, though. So now he he's inherited a bunch of players that, like, um, you know, they're they're all working together. Now he has to bring in better players. He has to pay them a good wage, and that uh, that's not a challenge you've necessarily had at Longford. But like, this could 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 be a challenge for Rory Higgins because you have to marry, as as Kieran says, characters, and also like you can't have a lad coming in on double the wages yeah. of a fellow who's as good as him. Like, yeah, but listen, I'm, I'm sure now I've known Rory for years and years, a good friend of mine, and I'm sure knowing Rory, it's a challenge that he'll absolutely relish. And I'd be very confident that Rory and the people he has working with him will, will bring in the right players and the right people. And, you know, a lot of the signings at Dundalk have been questionable, an awful lot of them. And I know they talked a couple of years ago that about, ah, there's not enough players within this league for us to get. I mean, Pat Fenlon, when he managed in this league, signed the best players in this league and they won leagues. Mm. You know, they brought in players that you cannot say are the best players in this league with the, the wages and the salaries they're on. They're just not. No. And I think Higgins was a big and loss to Dundalk as well. You would have known him, obviously. Well, he was, yeah. 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 You look, it's hard to, you know, you're signing players who've never played in the league. So it's hard for them to be the best players mm. in the league. Whereas our, that, when I look back to their Dundalk successful days and even after I left, he was just signing players who'd been there, done that and had done it at, in the division and mm. he knew what you were going to get. There is a risk when you sign some of the players they've signed and, I think they've kind of fell on that sword a bit. Mm. Well, well, I mean, Johnny jokes about it there, Dara, but I mean, your experience with the Shamrock Rovers this season, it's its sort of, I mean, it's its unbelievable. Like, yeah. it's, it's actually unbelievable that... Yeah, they've, they've led it for less than three minutes in three games. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't laugh, but like, that's... Well, you, you the, did the, just the, laugh, Johnny. The third time it happened, I remember my mate texted yeah. me, the referees Sick. after giving five or six minutes injury yeah, time it's, here. it's like, what, what, what's... What are we put? What are we adding now for injury time? And it, it's you know the old joke now, you know at this stage. Oh, we're just going to play the rover score. Rover time, um, as they call it. Yeah. And that's what I felt like. But again, in in those particular games, and I, and I've got to give the rovers teams a lot of credit. They are relentless. How do they compare the to that Dundalk team of of the, um, the, the they, one in their pomp as we refer to there? It that would be a very good game. They probably they play a different formation. They they have a different setup with with obviously playing um, with three at the back mm. compared to that team and. I think when you look at the Dundalk teams of the past, they had so much pace in, in wide areas, you know what I mean? They had very good centre-forwards, they had control of midfielders, they had full-backs who were up and down that pitch solid, and um, they, they probably had a bit more dynamism. What's the dynamism, word? Yeah. Dynamism in that Athlone team, and it's probably one thing I feel that the Rovers team is lacking a little bit at the moment, is mm. that that extra bit of speed and dynamism for the team to, to give it, because sometimes they play beautiful football, but it's a lot of the time in front of you. It found um, them out in Europe, didn't it? Yep. Yeah, no, it did. And, and I think in, in certain positions at the highest level, 
you need technical players that are very, very good, but you need players that are able to move and cover ground very quickly. And, and it's probably something that's they've struggled at in the middle of the park and in wide areas. Mm, I think I think Bradley and McPhail were spotted at a UCD game there recently. And I think you can see they need to freshen up their team. Like I think that was the thing about the Dundalk side. I know it was just when you were leaving, maybe going to America, I'm trying to think the crossover, but you'd bring in a Sean Hoare or a Jamie McGrath yeah. into the dressing room on a two, three-year deal. And that was the freshening up of the thing. It yeah. wasn't necessarily always the... Like Rovers have gone for a couple of older, being around the block players yeah. this year. There's, there's a balance to be found with the young lads coming up as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, it was Stephen at the time. Stephen Kenny was there the whole time I was there. There was no one else. So I only know from that period. Yeah. But uh, he seemed to have a conveyor belt of players that he just knew came in seamlessly. Do you know what I mean? They were all so... Not that it mattered, but a lot of them tended to come from the education route. Oh, but he was at UCD or, mm. you know, for whatever reason, whether that was the reason he hand-selected them, I don't know. But mm. like, it seemed to be always uh, a player who was playing in the league, who was doing well, who was, you know, a good guy. <laughs> I know you, mm. some people say you argue, oh, you can't win things with good guys, you need whatever. But like, we just had a good balance of it, do you know what I mean? And it was a, it was a well was a well-run ship and and you know it was like i left and hoban came back but hoban had been there before me and been a success so there was never a doubt that he was going to come back and score more goals do you know what i mean and that was kind of it me and dave mcmillan had probably a couple of hundred goals between us in the league of ireland when we were playing at dundalk so it wasn't like we were unproven at the time we'd scored a lot of goals so it was just a yeah, it was whether it was good decision making or whatever, but it it seemed to be he 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 made those decisions from back to front in in all positions and and they worked from. So before we let you go, lads, what do you make of Stephen Kenny's situation at the moment, Dara? There's obviously <laughs> it's, a, it's the debate that just well, I mean we're, we were talking about, it, so we, we're not going to labour it, but I mean it's it's big debate around where things mm-hmm. are going. I mean, what do you make of it? Yeah, it's it's obviously difficult for him. You know, you look at the results that are there, and um, you know he has a a bigger picture that he's looking at, and I know a lot of people are looking at it and saying, well is his job about the bigger picture or is it about results? And at international football, obviously, we, we do have an issue with football in this country. Brexit is a huge issue for the development of our younger players where we don't have somewhere for our 15 and 16-year-olds now to have full-time football that they do in the majority of other countries in Europe. So we're miles behind already before players turn 18 now. Miles behind. Mm. So it is a huge issue. And I talked about it previously of the development that we need in the country. And, and Stephen is, is, you know... I think he's asking questions. I think he's he sees the bigger picture of what is really important. But the the big picture for Ireland is, is is to improve the national team, is to qualify for tournaments because that's the only way. Unfortunately, with the debt that the FAI have now, is that they're able to get money in the bank, and and that's the big thing. And if you don't qualify for these tournaments, the money isn't there. And we're talking about the league and how it needs investment and how that will come from the FAI. So it's you know it's hard to look at it. And when you look at it, I suppose, reflectively from both ways, well, is it about money and mo- results and money coming in? Yes. Is it about developing and helping football in this country? Yes. Stephen wants both of those things. And I think you can... I enjoy watching Ireland more now than I probably mm. ever did in the last 10 years, to be honest. Um, I, I can see what he's trying to do. Um, we're blooding a lot of young players. Um, but it's difficult for us because what should we expect like you know you look at Luxembourg and they've they've shot up over 100 places in um, the rankings over the last number of years because they tore up their book about 10-15 years ago yeah you know they've got full time coaches they've had the same manager for the last 10 years 13 years 13 years that manager's in a job 13 13 years that manager's in a job so you know that is the big picture are we prepared as a country to take a hit in the short term for success in the long term and listen I I, I, I'm backing Kenny all the way to be honest personally um 
I think he needs that time. I think he needs to be supported. You're definitely going to have... Listen, I, I played in England myself, and, and although I went over as a young lad, I had nine years over there at different levels, I know how League of Ireland football and people are perceived in England, and unfortunately, it's not that good. Mm. And um, that's up to us to, to improve that here. We are the ones on the ground. We are the ones that can affect it. And... Um, you know, it, it, it's going to take an awful lot of work, but from, from the side of the football and the games that are coming up ahead of us, we definitely need to finish the group strongly. Um, and I think Stephen needs to finish the group strongly from his point of view for, for the future of himself and to what's ahead of him in the, in the next campaign. I mean, Kieran, I know you're naturally going to be well disposed to Stephen given your, you yeah. know, your relationship, but just stepping back from that, I mean, what's your take on where he is? Listen, I actually think it would be a bigger risk to not let him continue for a little while longer than actually the opposite because it'll just go back to where we were like Stephen kind of came in and he wanted to he wanted to change things and everyone knew that but now straight away because we haven't got the instant results the easy one for people to sit back and go that's your look at the results and the results are hard to defend at, mm. at, at times like that's a given and Stephen himself came out in an interview and said you know to, to draw, turn the draws into wins I think was a mm. comment as well but it's just funny because the whole country is actually talking about Stephen Kenny and the Ireland team at the minute which is in one sense a great thing although yeah. it's probably for the wrong reasons everyone's debating you go for a coffee with your friend and he's telling you he's looking at the results and I'm going yeah look at the way we're playing look at the young lad you didn't know who he was there's a huge debate at the minute and it's 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 probably good for Irish football in, in that sense people are now looking at the Irish team these young lads are becoming household names that you've never heard of before there's a little bit results aside there's a feel good attitude to watching a young Ireland team trying to play the right way I was training with Minute on the the Tuesday night we played Serbia and I came home and I watched the the last half hour which actually looked like we were on, we were in the ascendancy mm. we scored and there was celebrations or whatever at the end and then I went to the studio and the RTEs were, were complimentary mm. about it and then I went to bed and I turned on Twitter and I watched Virgin Media's account of it and it was different game uh, we were, going we were battered and, yeah. and all Sky, these things Sky were the same with Clinton Morrison and was it Kevin John, Wal- John was Walters it? John, oh, John Wal- Walters that yeah, was it who, so. who came on off the ball to clarify um, what he'd said actually subsequently that night because he thought he'd been taken a little bit out of context so he wanted yeah. to so mm, it's dividing the, the, opinion the Kerr issue is interesting because Kerr is obviously highly respected and he'd be fairly critical if I was yeah. to have watched that there's always layers to it yeah if I was to have watched if you were to if I'd come in I was expected one of the, the broadcasters were going to defend him would the other was, it would have been the other way around Brian Kern mm. being a League of Ireland man surely you would have expected him to support you know and appreciate what Stephen's trying to do it, it didn't seem to be that way surprisingly it was Liam Brady and um, Stephen Kelly and, and Stephen S- Kelly and Richie Sadler being more complimentary and then the other channel was the the opposite so you're literally kind of going well the truth is I missed the 60 minutes is, of the game so the I took it up the next morning between because like RT were way over the top at the end yeah I agree massively yeah. deserved a draw I mean let's be honest we were kicked off the park for most of the game and then we rallied like so it was somewhere in between but as you say everyone's talking about before you go um, I, I, I brought this up a couple of times you're, you're that, that Dutch lad that you uh Got out of the way in the. Where is he now? Kind of. Uh, this, this, this was the have actual. You, have you forgotten his name? This was vague horse. Is it or, yeah. This is the actual text. Seventeenth of the sixth. Um, is that the big Dutch lad you fucked out of the way at that time? <laughs> and that was sent at ten past nine the following morning. That's the one, all right. Weird how he went on to play up front in the Euros, and I retired at thirty-two. Some lads catch all the breaks. Yeah, but this it, was the guy for the Alkmaar header. Just for the to be Alkmaar, who was people. playing for. 
but you had, you had a hell of a career. Like, I was just thinking, not only that, but your goal against Wakabi then, and Dundalk are possibly Dane Massey's header away from being seven points from three games in an unbelievably tough group involving Zenit St. Petersburg, and you were part of that. Yeah, it was great. I remember there was 20 minutes to go, and we were 1-0 up against Zenit, and we were literally seven points from nine, top of the group, and, you know, you were dreaming then, do you know what I mean? And, you know, obviously we lose the game against Zenit, and we, we failed, you know, from there to, to get out of the group, but we went into the sixth game week with a chance of getting out of the group which was amazing and that's competing at the highest level which was huge and the highlights of my career without a doubt and you know every time I come on you pull up Veg horse from somewhere. I think yeah, Johnny's yeah. obsessed with this. He, was, he yeah. was a man mountain, and you just he like, was six foot seven or something. Just wrestled yeah. him out of the way, and that was a testament to your conditioning. Yeah. What about Darren Oil's future and John Martin and the, the Longford project? Yeah, listen, we've we've nine games to go, and um, you know we're probably at the at the moment just taking it a game at a time. And I'm positive, and I'm hopeful that we can get a we can get a win up in Derry. Where that will bring us, we'll see. We'll take that approach in every game for the remainder of the season, and. You know, we've, we've got a group of players and people at our club that, that won't stop, that won't give up and, and will continue to give everything they have. It's, it's all we can ask for. We prepare really well. Um, as regards to staff, I have, I mean, the, the, I can't speak highly enough of the actual work that we do for a part-time team off the pitch in preparation for each game. And I think anyone that would, has come and watch us can see every single game we're set up really well. We make the most of everything we have. Now, we fell short on a number of occasions, but listen, that that is what it is. A couple of decisions and you know, that bit of luck hasn't gone our way, you know, probably the bit of luck we had this year was probably up in Finn Harps where I think um, Aaron Dobbs has probably stood in an offside position and it might have came off our player rather than their player in the box and the ref mm. said it came off their player and we, we got the goal but that's probably the only real break we've <laughs> we've probably had this year but, um, you know, we've had nine games to go, we'll see where it takes us. Obviously, there's a, there's a big gap between us and the teams ahead of us at the moment but that's still 27 points to play for and we will turn up and play for each and every single one of those points for the rest of the year. And see where it takes it. Karen, can you bring fans to the game on Friday? Is, yeah, is, is there an allocation there for you? Yeah, we have a couple of hundred coming now. Probably family and friends more than yeah, fans. Yeah, I uh, suppose. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, some locals as well will come out for the day. But no, we're looking forward. I'm going up to Bally Buffet now after this to watch Bowes tonight against Finn Harp. So I have a, a road trip on my hands. Ahead See, of you're me. a real Ollie Horgan in waiting. Ollie Horgan goes to every game. Every yeah. Day. <laughs> Finn Harp's always seem to be playing somebody next week and Ollie's I'm at the game like I was talking yeah. to Bose fans and they're like Ollie you've been at about 10 games in Dalymount already this I'll season. tell you better when we were playing Bonaghy United um, in the last 64 the FAI Cup on the Astro and Minute and Ollie Horgan was behind the gate <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's never off he does his man. homework anyway in fairness he's never best off. of luck Friday uh, it's yeah, going to be compelling yeah. Yeah, um, looking forward to it and the, the fixtures this weekend, it's, it's an interesting FAI Cup now because I think everyone thinks they have a chance. Um, even Minute, maybe. UCD, Watford, St. Pat's, Wexford, Bowes, Minute, Finn Harps, Dundalk. Yeah, we should say so, as well, Bowes, Minute, hopefully the the uh, the policing of that game isn't as controversial as the previous Cup game. You see Stephen Bradley's comments? I didn't, um, actually. No, because you were in bed, of course, so you were here late. Um, Stephen Bradley's comments, very... So rich very, coming from you. Very, like you. Up until you had a child, you used to get up at about one o'clock every day. Like, I know, but now, now I was up at half six this morning, so I'm like, what's Power going on? these comments, anyway. And uh, I was up at like half eight, which is well, you know, okay. not bad. For but um, no, he's was, he was very critical of... I, I don't, we will probably return to it again, but uh, not satisfied with, I suppose, the stewarding arrangements around that cup tie a couple of weeks ago I so, think that's fair enough so we'll see um, hopefully there's no there's no Manute recurrences Ultras. this Friday with the yeah. Minute Ultras yeah, yeah it would be alright had you a good record of, against Bowes actually I did okay later in career yeah um, Dundalk yeah but the, I'd often the, the Bowes Rovers ones were, were great back in the day but we, we tended to lose the odd one as well so um, hopefully Minute uh, will put it up to them anyway Harveston Dundalk Dan is going to be very interesting obviously. yeah I mean that's like I mean it, 
mean, Dundalk are in such a weird place. I mean, this is their route to Europe, which you would have sort of assume that they would and be in Bose Europe. And as well. Like, Bose, Bose are in real danger not getting to yeah. Europe next season. So, well, I mean, this is it. So, the, the Cup is very interesting because we, we always have it in our head that fourth place will get you into Europe because you'd assume that mm. one of the top teams, but two of the top three are already out of the Cup. So... Yeah, I mean, you could have a cup final this year in theory, where there's like there's two elements to it: it's winning the cup and there's also Europe, you know, for for the team at stake. So that could add something more to it. So, I mean, Harps and Dock is huge. I mean, Harps are playing. We're conscious the time just goes out. Harps would have played Bows. I don't actually, see Harps, Harps in the cup final. Harps are are in a better place in terms of say squad and options than Dundalk actually are at the moment, which is sort of a weird way to talk about it. Whereas Dundalk, if they have one or two more issues in Sligo on Tuesday, I mean, they're really. They're really, really light. Just yeah. to briefly to mention the results of the First Division Wexford, um, unbelievable goal from Young Moylan on loan from Jack Moylan, yeah. Bowes, um, three co rounders won. <laughs> Galway nil, Treaty nil. I obviously missed this game, but I, I was talking to uh, the respective kind of camps, and um, yeah, it was one for the purest down, as Tommy Barr predicted mm. last week. UCD five. Well, you are one of the camps, to be clear. Cabin You're TD an immediate two. officer for Galway. I am indeed. Yeah. I had a night off. Um, UCD 5 Cavan Teeley 2 Cork Niddle Shelburne 2 pretty much league all but wrapped up Paul Doolan Bray Wanderers nil at lone 1 so it's, it's the, the fight still goes on see 2,000 people at Turner's Cross on Friday which isn't bad for a team that's wow the team that's mid-table to be fair in the first division just goes to show the potential that still lingers oh, there what, what a club that could be and maybe still will be under Colin Healy that's it, Dan, I think. I think we're done. And Sligo Rovers, Shamrock Rovers is on Saturday as well. That's the other fixture this week. It's a rescheduled league game. So Everyone who wants the title race is obviously praying for a Sligo win. They're very good on Friday night, to be fair, in, in, in front of the TV cameras. Thanks, William, for coming in, lads. Thanks, Thanks lads. lads. That was in association with FutureTickling.ie. Best of luck to Kieran Kilduff. Could it be another St. Francis? 1991, was it? 1990. 1990. I think we'd all love to see... Uh, he knows the year already because he's looked it up. It's in the dressing room <laughs> walls. giving away my speech. Before before you were at the game. <laughs> at the game what yes. age are you then? I was nine. Who brought you to the game? Dad. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I went to Galway in it the next year. 91, yeah. yeah it's the only thing they've ever won. Well because yes. I, I've got a lot of family in Galway as well, so I was oh, at the oh. 91 final as well. We need, we need, we need more Darren Hoyle in our lives, actually. Ah, yeah. Family in Carlo and Galway, like, there's a lot going on there. Thanks for listening.